0: Okay. I'm Joseph Nemo. Today's reading is taken from John chapter 10, verse 1 through 21. I read, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he, has brought all, when he has brought out all of his own, he goes before him, and sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abandonedly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand is not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees a wolf come in and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scars them. He flees because he's not up again no one takes it from me but i lay it down of my own accord i have authority to lay it down i have authority to take it up again this charge i have received from my father there was again division among the jews because of these words many of them said he is he has a demon and it's insane why listen to him at this said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated.
1: Today, good morning. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors. Good to be with you today. Good to worship along with you and eager to talk through this incredible passage of what Jesus is promising to us in this place. Uh, Let me pray for us, and then we'll we'll jump into God's word. Father, I am so grateful that you uh, have spoken, and that we, as your people, get to uh, center ourselves, our lives, around what you have revealed to us about who you are and who we are, and how you rescue us. Lord Jesus, would you be our shepherd today, as you promised to be in your word. May we know that deep within, and we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody else maybe just like a little bit annoyed that Jesus refers to us as sheep? All right, it's a little insulting. I mean, you've, you've probably played the game at, at some point in your life. Like, if you could be any animal, what would it be? Kids, anybody? Anybody want to shout one? Elef- Elef- okay, elephant. That's an odd choice. Is that Johnny? Did you, elephant? Okay, not going to go down that one. Uh, but sheep, anyone? Did, would anyone ever pick sheep? No, of course not. There's, there's no way. I'd be... If you're curious, I'd be a bear. Some of you know me, know that that's true. And and I wouldn't be just any bear. I would be one of those Alaskan bears, uh, like that guy right there. Uh, I love that picture. Like can he he get out of the water? He's so fat. Like they just eat salmon all summer long and then they sleep for the entire winter. Like that's the dream, people, right there. It sounds incredible. Uh, In fact, in Katmai National Park in Alaska, uh, they have a a contest every year. You can go on their website. Uh, They bracket it out where you can vote on your favorite fat bear. This is Otis 480, so this is last year's winner. But look at this before and after. Yeah, go back to that. Yeah, there it is. In less than two months of gorging himself on unlimited sushi, uh, it's pretty impressive. Like I I would like to try it, right? I want to be a bear. Bears are solitary creatures uh, who live in beautiful places, and they're, they're strong, right? They're, they're majestic. I want to be a bear. Instead, and I know we've shown this before, but I just can't help myself. Instead, Jesus says, this is more like us. Let's watch. I mean it's insulting, but you see that and it's funny, and then you're like, yeah, yeah, I've done that. I mean, how many times you say, well, I'm not gonna do that again, and then you just do that again, right? That's what we do. Why does the Bible refer to us as sheep? Why? Because it's not just Jesus here. It's like all throughout the scriptures, we are regularly referred to as God's sheep. Well, I think there are two reasons in particular. The first you can actually read about in a recent study from the University of Leeds. Uh, the title uh, of this article is Sheep in Human Clothing. Um, Scientists reveal our flock mentality. So that's a big part of it is that we are flocks. We're flock people. We're herd people. We, we love to move with crowds. This is, this is just kind of our mentality. And you know this. Like, How many times have you gotten in a line, not because you needed to, but just because it was there, Right? We've, we've done that before. It's like, well, everybody else is in this. I'm just gonna do or how many times have you moved with a crowd, right, to the wrong place? Or, or to no place at all? People are smart, but crowds are stupid, right? And we, we know that. Think even of like the herd mentality of the stock market, or politics, or fashion, or entertainment, like any number of these things. We kind of herd together, the way we 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 move into tribes or cliques so quickly, we are sheep. And we need a shepherd. But here, here's the thing, and this is the second way we're like sheep. In our herd-like stupidity, we're vulnerable because we'll follow just about anyone. Anybody who promises safety and satisfaction, right? If, if you like, oh, it's over there. I don't even know who you are, but this is the way to safety and satisfaction. Like, I'm, I'm in, right? We, we do this. We're not even that picky. We just follow the next election, right? We'll follow just about anyone even to our own destruction. So it's not just that we need a shepherd. There are shepherds all around us, right? There are shepherds everywhere who would love to lead you, right? Who would love to tell us, who have an opinion about how you should live and want to tell you what it is, right? They're all around us. And so we don't just need any shepherd. We need the good shepherd, And in John chapter 10, the the way Jesus begins this section is with that sort of contrast of good shepherds and bad shepherds, right? He starts starts off actually by talking about, about bad shepherds, and we've all had enough of bad shepherds, haven't we? Bad parents, bad friendships, bad relationships, bad bosses, corrupt politicians, corrupt superstars, corrupt pastors, which is really what Jesus is getting at with this contrast. He's talking about the bad religious leaders there in their, their context. So if you hear here last week, if you remember the, the previous story, right? Uh, it was about this, this blind guy getting healed. But the story was really about the fact that everybody in that story was blind, right? It's only the blind guy who knew it. The religious leaders were blindest of all in that story. That's the context. And so it's right out of that that Jesus begins in verse 1. And he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door... But climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. A thief and a robber who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what Jesus says about their pastors, their spiritual leaders. Which is what makes it so abhorrent, Right? Because we, we know it's not supposed to be that way for anybody, but especially not for spiritual leaders. I mean, it's, it's sort of ridiculous, right? They're, they're supposed to protect, to, to respect, to love, to provide, to care for, right? That's what, that's what good shepherds are supposed to do. And Jesus says that is not the context here with any of these religious leaders. And I just want to say, if, if you've been hurt, I'm, I'm sure some of you have. Some of you have been hurt by bad shepherds. By bad religious leaders, spiritual leaders, pastors in your life, and I'm just—I want to say, as a pastor, I'm really sorry. Like that is not okay. It should not be this that way, um, and I'm sorry. And the reality is, we are not a perfect place here, and we'll disappoint you. But we certainly want this to be a place of health and healing, of safety for, for everyone who calls this place their home. It should not be that way. Our world is full of bad shepherds. Elsewhere, Jesus calls them wolves, right? And so you you combine that with our herd mentality, right? The ease with which we will follow just about anyone. In church, we need a shepherd. And so as we look further in these verses, we see the kind of shepherd that Jesus offers to be for us. Three three characteristics in particular. Actually, there's there's so much more. There's so much in this passage, but three in particular that we're going to point out today, what Jesus promises to be for his sheep. So in contrast to the thief and robber, look at verse, verse 2. He continues this contrast. He says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. So they know his voice. Maybe you skip, skip down to, to verse 14. He says something similar. He says, I, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Verse 27, very similar. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You can't miss this, and it's, it's fairly emphatic here, but I, but I love it. Je- Jesus, like our shepherd, knows us. Like he says that over and over. I know you. I know who my sheep is. And not, not just that. He knows us by name. You see that? He, he calls us out by name. I, just, I love this, people. And this is, this is the first thing. We need a shepherd who, know, who knows us by name, who actually knows who we are. Because think about, think about it with me for a moment. How many people in your life do you follow who have no idea who you are, who, who lead us, who guide us, who have uh, supervision over us? I mean, it's fairly ridiculous, isn't it? The number of people... We follow every single day They have no idea who we are. I mean, depending on the size of your company, it could be your boss, the size of your class, it could be your teacher. Our politicians don't know us. The influencers that we follow on uh, Instagram, right, or, or YouTube, they don't, they don't know who we are. Athletes, entertainers, like we follow all of these people and they lead us, right? They have no idea who you are. And I know. I know some of that, of course, is inevitable. Of course, right? I don't expect Cliff to know everybody who works at Garmin. That's not, that's not possible. I wouldn't, uh, even, though, even though I get regular texts from Sharice Davids, uh, I know she doesn't know me, right? I don't, expe- I don't expect her to, right? I, I, I get that. And yet that's what makes us so remarkable. We don't expect our leaders to know us. Jesus says he does. He knows us by name, all of us, as his sheep. He knows who you are. And by name, it's more than just like what you're called, right? Especially in that context. But we even know that your name, in, in that context especially, it's who you are, your identity. I know you. Jesus says, I know you, and I will call you by name. All of his sheep. And isn't that, isn't that what we want from our leaders? We want to be known, right? We, kids, you want your parents to see you, right? Uh, or, or at work, we, wanna, we want a boss who at least understands the work that we do, right? We want politicians who are still at least a little bit in touch with ordinary people or pastors who understand what life is like out on Monday, right? We want this. And this really, this really gripped me these last couple of weeks. Because it's, it's one thing to say, yeah, Jesus knows my name, yada, 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 I get it, right? Like, I know that, I believe that, like up here, right? But to actually feel that deep within, in those places especially, I don't know what it was about these last couple weeks. Maybe it's just felt, felt alone or felt unseen. You know, like maybe you know those situations where you're just like, man, I just want somebody to see me, to really see me, to really know me, right, in those, those spaces. Maybe that's where you're at right now. But then to the picture my shepherd. Say, Nathan, I see you. Nathan, Andrew, Miller, I know who you are. Let me, let me lead you. Let me shepherd you let me let me follow you and little sheep I'm talking to you church sorry little sheep Jesus says the same thing to you. chance shepherd says, let me let me lead you follow me right? He says that to each one of us. To Bobby, he says, Jesus, he says, Jesus is saying that to you. He's calling you by name. He says, let me, let me lead you, right? Kevin, the same, right? Lisa, he's saying, Let me follow you. Let me lead you, right? I, want, I know who you are. He says that to his sheep because he knows us. Maybe I don't want to be a bear after all. Not if this is my shepherd. And for instance, Jesus, he doesn't stop there. This is just the first thing. Let's, all, let's see how the story continues. Jesus is teaching. Jump, jump down to verse 10. Verse 10 The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. Again, Jesus is continuing the contrast, right, between good shepherds and, and bad shepherds. And, I mean, if you, if you see, like, the evil shepherds, like, it's pretty strong language. Steal, kill, and destroy is what Jesus is saying. Basically, like, at best, like, best case scenario for the people around us who want to lead us. Best case, Jesus says, is they are hired hands. And when the going gets tough, they, they're going to run. They're not going to protect you. That's, that's best case, right? Worst case is they're predators, They're wolves actually in sheep's clothing, seeking to devour you. But our shepherd is willing to lay down his life for the sheep. And like, don't miss the context of this metaphor. What Jesus is saying, he's saying, "I would be willing to be devoured by wolves for you, if that's what it takes. Not not just fight them." And defeat them. We know Jesus. We know this shepherd has the power to do that. But Jesus says, I would actually lay down my life. I would would let them devour me. I'd let them eat me. If it means protecting my sheep. What kind of shepherd does that? Ours. And in a world as broken as ours is, this is the kind of shepherd we need, isn't it? We need a shepherd who will protect us from all evil will protect us from evil that's the that's the second thing now I I know I've already told my favorite bear encounter story to all of you Um, but I have the microphone and I'm running out of stories people and it's just good enough I'm gonna just I'll I'll be brief with it this time okay Uh, it was uh, on a hike in California I don't remember when I told but I I do remember telling it here uh, at some point but I was on a hike in California okay and we, we came around a corner and basically just bumped into this bear, this, this guy. That's, that's the actual bear. Later on, we went around and got a safe uh, distance picture of him. But we, like, basically almost, not quite, but almost ran into him. And he and I, we made eye contact about 10 feet apart. So, like, from, you know, me to you. That, that was too close, right? And in, in that moment, as the adrenaline immediately spikes, right, my first thought is, well, I could probably outrun my family, right? Right. <laughs> um, and then, like, with, like, I could even push my least favorite kid right in that direction, and we'd all be fine, right? No. Of course not. Like, honestly, I don't remember thinking anything in that moment. But you better believe I was between that bear and my family for the rest of that time. As, as long as it was, it was unsafe. I was there. I didn't think about that. I didn't, it wasn't a decision that I made. It wasn't, I'm not patting myself on the back. But you better believe I did that, and I would have said goodbye to them. Go this way, right? I love you. And I would, have, I would have fought that bear to the death, right? I think I could have taken it, right? No, no, right? There's no way, right? But I didn't, I didn't think about it. But people, listen bears are nothing. Even what Jesus says here wolves are nothing. There is real evil in our world, and it wants to devour you. It wants to take everything you love, everything you hold dear, everything that you are, that you want to be, and it wants to devour it. There is real evil. Evil people, evil systems, evil inside you, evil around you, and we have an adversary who wants nothing more than to devour you. That's hard for us to believe, right, in the 21st century, that there's actually supernatural personal evil out there seeking to destroy you. But Jesus sure believed it. But even just, like, let that sit in for a moment. There is an evil one who wants your marriage to fail. And he will not stop until, until it's, he's successful. He will keep, he will keep trying. He, there's, a, there's an adversary like who wants to alienate you from your kids, who wants to make that relationship harder. There, there, there's one out there who's whispering lies to you about all those self-destructive habits but telling you how to justify them, right, how to, how to make them okay, right, who says keep being angry at that person or keep being selfish in this situation. There is someone out there who wants to destroy you. Even now in this moment, there are wolves on the hunt for you. But we have a shepherd who says, devour me first. You have to go through me first. And I love, too, it's not, sometimes we think of of God's protection or Jesus' protection as sort of like a, we got to hunker down and keep safe, right? We got to like hide away as Christians and we'll just be in this little like commune, nice and comfortable until, until Jesus comes to get us, essentially, right? But that's, that's not the idea in this, this text, not at all. Because he also refers to himself, maybe it's a little bit of a strange thing, but he also calls himself the door, of the sheep pen. What does that mean, right? He's the door, and he's the shepherd. Well, actually, most scholars from that time period would say that that's actually the same thing, that the, the, the door of the sheep pen was the shepherd, and so if they had an enclosure, there'd be an open spot uh, where the, kind of like a gate area, but there wouldn't be a gate, and so the shepherd would, would sleep there at night. So he would, the shepherd was the door, right, of, of how you would get in and out or protect them from things getting in. But look, look what he says about that, though, in verse, verse 9. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I mean, it's just a small little statement there, but I, I love that because it's, it's not a call to isolationism or self-protection. The sheep aren't locked up, right, in this nice little commune. And yet, even as we go in and out, in and out, out into our sometimes harsh and sometimes scary world, right, right? Jesus I'm still your protection. Even when you're out there in the pasture, right? I'm still the one protecting you. And this is, this is ultimately what he does for us on the cross, right? Jesus is not just talking about a metaphor here. These wolves, these religious leaders, they are going to devour him on the cross, right? He is actually going to die in our place, right? And his death is our life. So that, what Jesus says, right? We may have life and have it abundantly, It's just a beautiful metaphor, right? You're either alive or dead, but not not with Jesus, right? It's abundant life. It's full life. It's rich life. And so Kelly and the kids, they were terrified on that hike. I mean, so was I. You better believe me. I'm not sure I've ever been quite that like, ugh, it was terrifying. Let me just tell you. But I don't don't think they ever doubted that I would have done whatever, whatever I needed to in that space to try my best to keep them safe. They didn't doubt that. The reality is, like, people, what am I going to do? Right? Barry's just going to rip my face off. It's like, that's it. There's nothing, nothing I can do. But listen, this is what's so beautiful about this. Our shepherd is not some ordinary shepherd. Right? In fact, he makes it very clear as this passage continues that he is the divine one, that this shepherd is our God, that he's big, and he holds us firmly in his hand. Which leads to the third thing. We need a shepherd who holds us and never lets go. Who has both the power and the love to hold us and never let go. Skip, skip down to verse 27. Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. It's pretty clear what Jesus is doing there, isn't he? I mean, it's it's a beautiful picture. I mean, he offers us first of all, he says eternal life, which gosh, that sounds sounds pretty great, doesn't it? We we will never perish, even even death, right? Which in our perspective is the worst, right? It, It is the worst, but it's not it's not the end. Jesus says. And no one can snatch us out of his hand or the Father's hand because he essentially says it's the same hand, right? That our God holds us firm. And this is a picture, at least for me, this is a picture first of of just incredible tenderness, right? Of, Of God's incredible love, his gentle love towards us. And I just, I pray that if you're in a place Right now, maybe, maybe you are, maybe all of us are, I don't know, where you're overwhelmed or tired or exhausted or you just, you're afraid of something, anxious, like something's broken in your life or you're just dealing, whatever it is, right? Just, I pray that you would feel, even in this moment, his tender hand around you, that you would see that you are, you are there encompassed by this God who loves you, who came to protect you, to rescue you, that you would feel it right now. I need that. It's a picture of such tenderness but also of security, right? You're safe in this hand. This is, this is God himself, right? That You are you're safe with him. Nothing can snatch you out of his hand, he says. Nothing can ultimately harm you or destroy you. Even the very worst that the evil one has for you, even the very worst that our world has to offer to you, nothing can do that. And so if you feel afraid, or, may, or maybe you just feel like, maybe you just feel like your faith is so weak, right? Or your pile of messes is so big that typically, if you're to imagine what Jesus is doing, it's more like this when he thinks of you, right? Anybody else? Just wiping his hands clean of you. Not this shepherd, not this Jesus, no matter what. Nothing can snatch away his sheep. And so the only, the only question left is, are you, are you one of his sheep? you want to be right jesus is really really clear here right that he's not everybody's shepherd he's not the kind of shepherd to sort of impose himself on anyone he's only the shepherd for those who are his sheep so are you one gosh i hope so how do i know right Jesus tells us. Actually, tells us several times in several different ways. basically says the same thing each time that the sheep are those who recognize his voice and follow his voice, who know him. They know their shepherd, and they go with him wherever he leads, right? Wherever, wherever that guy's going, we're going too, right? No matter how hard it is, uncomfortable it is, right? There are so many competing voices in our world, aren't there? Again, there's so many, so many shepherds out there vying for our attention, our affection, and our allegiance, constantly saying, trust me, I know the best way for you to live. Trust me, if you come with me, there's going to be safety over here, there's going to be comfort or satisfaction over here, everywhere around us, right? Some of us, if we're completely honest, like some of us have so many competing voices in our lives, we wouldn't recognize this shepherd if he came on a white horse, right, from the clouds, right? Spend hours listening to our friends social media talk radio the news countless hours of all the wisdom you can gain from Netflix can you even hear him over all that noise i mean maybe he's trying to talk but you can't you're not in a place where you can even hear right you actually do have to quiet your life just a little bit you have to have spaces in your life where you actually are listening do you have those spaces? And when, when we do actually quiet down enough that we might just might be able to hear, there are three places in particular where we hear his voice most clearly. I think there's probably others that we could say, but three three in particular. First is his word. This is this is where we learn the sound of his voice, we, but like it's like the way. We learn what he sounds like, what his voice sounds like, the kinds of things that he says, right? And so this is where you've got got to begin here. Like, if you want to follow the shepherd, you need to read this book regularly. Uh, You you need to put yourself under its teaching on a regular basis by coming to church on Sundays, right? Where you can hear it taught to you and explained to you. But to have have this time yourself, right? Like, this book is where he speaks the loudest. And again, it's where we, we learn the sound of his voice. Second is through his people. These people, these are the other sheep, right? Who for some reason at that moment have a better ear to the shepherd than you do, right? Because it all happens, right? Whether, whether it's because of our own fears or anxieties or we're just in that place where we actually need to hear somebody else say, hey, I think the shepherd wants us to go this way, right? We, we need that. And this, this, again, this was a particular, just a difficult week for me for a variety of reasons. And there, I can look back on this week and think of probably at least a half a dozen times in hindsight, it's like, man, that was a shepherd's voice. Paul was one of those people on Wednesday. Yeah, that's, that's the voice of Jesus, my shepherd, speaking to me through these people, these individuals. And so we, we need those kinds of people in our lives, right? Close Christian friends who know you well enough and have the courage to actually speak into your life. And you also, I mean, you also have to be the kind of person who's willing to listen, right? Who's willing to hear those things. When they say them, because a couple of weeks ago, a friend said something I didn't want to hear, right? But it was still the voice of God in my life. So we need it through his people. And then third is through his spirit. Through his spirit, the subtle promptings, right, of right and wrong and, and what's next that God gives to his people. And this is the hardest one, right? Because so often, at least for me, it's like, is that just me justifying what I want to do or is that the voice of God, right? That's, this is why we need other people. This is why we need his word uh, as well. Uh, but I don't want to discount that God does that. He prompts us um, in ways we can't necessarily understand. So are you listening? Or maybe, maybe you hear that and you're like, you know, I'm not really interested in any of this, if I'm completely honest. I, I, I get that, I think. I mean, I, if, it, if it's just a matter of like I just can't bring myself to believe this stuff, That I certainly, I certainly understand, but I, I do think you want this, right? Doesn't every human want this? Like someone who knows them, who truly knows them and is willing to protect them and to hold them close, like secure and safe. Like we, we all want that. And the reality is you may not want the shepherd, but you have shepherds in your life. You do, right? And even if you say, well, it's like, I'm just going to listen to myself, right? I'm going to be my own shepherd. It's like, no, no, you're not. You're still following the, the, your own broken desires as well as what our culture is telling you you should value and love, right? And our friends around us, you have, you have a shepherd, but I, I get if you can't quite get yourself to a point of belief, right? I understand that. But I want you to at least know that I believe the shepherd is still calling you. Even now, even in this place, I think he actually even mentions you right here. You who are not yet his sheep. Even, even right here in this ta- text. I love this about Jesus. Look at verse, verse 16. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. And now certainly in that historical context, Jesus means the Gentiles, right? Those who are not Jewish, that Jesus is going to bring us into his fold. But I think he also means you, that he's not done with that work. He's still looking for sheep, right? His sheep pen is pretty big and he wants all of us, every person, every human to come and be a part of this flock together. That even now, and I love that, right? Right here in his word, spoken so long ago, it shows that he's, his heart is still full. And that He is pursuing you, friends. There, are, there are so many, so many voices. Which ones will you listen to? I mean, think about if you're if you're playing basketball. I haven't played basketball since middle school, so, uh, and I, I plan to keep it that way, by the way. Um, but I can remember very clearly being out on the court, right? And everybody's yelling, everybody's shouting, everybody in the stands. They all have an opinion, right? Uh, shoot, pass, go this way, go that way, dribble, whatever. Uh, and, and again, that is that is just like our world, right? Everybody around you has an opinion on how you should live your life, right? Don't be fooled by that. We all do, right? Everybody does. And, and often we hear those voices imposed upon us. And then you have your own voices, right? It's like, well, I don't know. Should I dribble? Should I pass? I don't know. And if I'm completely honest, I don't know the best way to live my life. Does anybody? Like, we are all rookies. We have no idea what we're doing. Do we, people? The very best way to live. I don't know what it is. And so those voices, I I don't know. But if you know your coach's voice, if you know your shepherd's voice, the one who knows you by name and even now is calling you by name to follow him. The one who offers you protection from all evil, from real evil, who will keep you safe. Maybe not in the ways that you think or want, but ultimately safe because he holds you close and tenderly in his hands. This is our shepherd. And somebody just asked one more time: If you could be any animal, what would you be? Let's pray. Jesus, I'm still a little bit insulted that you call a sheep. And yet, if you are our shepherd. I'll be anything you want me to be. What you offer us is just too beautiful, too good. And so help us to follow. And God, I, I pray in particular for those here who are in a place of feeling deeply overwhelmed or afraid, whether it's the start of, of school or changes at work or relational difficulties. God, many of us have many of those things. God, I just I pray especially for that person that they would know your nearness to them. Would you whisper even now, follow me, come with me, I'll protect you, I'll keep you safe. Would they know that deep within? And God, I I pray as well for those uh, who, who don't know you. God, I pray that they would also hear your voice in this space beckoning them to you out of love and gentleness. And for all of us, God, all of us, may we know your voice. And may we follow you wherever you want to take us. Help us to be faithful to you, our good shepherd. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.